This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a chief compliance officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This month, I'm joined by Katie Smith, the Vice President of Ethics at Assurance. Over this four-part podcast series, we take a look at why a liberal arts degree and not a JD make a successful CECO, how today's compliance professional can help the next generation of compliance professionals going forward. In episode three, we take up the difficult question of when is it time to move on? And in our closing and final episode, episode four, we take a look at personal lessons from COVID-19 for compliance professionals. This is a fascinating series. You will learn a lot and enjoy it quite a bit. Katie is well known within the compliance profession, having been the CECO at Conversant before she moved over to Assurance. And she's got a lot of insights from her 20 years plus in the compliance profession. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode of the Compliance Life with Katie Smith, the Vice President of Ethics at Assurance. Katie, first of all, welcome back. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me back. Katie, uh, I wanted to take up with you a topic that I don't think gets enough discussion um, from the compliance profession, and that's the question of when is it time to move on? Um, one of my observations about our profession has been that we have a fair amount of movement uh, within the profession. Uh, coming from the general counsel's office and a legal background, that's not something you typically saw. But as um, a, it seems to be that as the ethics and compliance profession evolves, you're individual compliance professionals and practitioners uh, evolving their careers does not mean staying at the same organization. So I really wanted to kind of get your thoughts on uh, when is it time to move on? That's, that's a great point. And I think it depends on, I think there's about six different pivot points where um, someone may, may be exploring to leave. And um, I think, so I think it's worth, worth talking about because like you said, we don't talk about this aspect. Um, first, there's the obvious, you know, someone gets an incredible opportunity. Um, for those of us that have made ethics and compliance our career, 
what we've what we've learned is you have a choice. You know, a lot of a lot of fields you can choose to be in an organization and grow and move around to different different paths within that company, or you can follow the ethics and compliance, which is a career path, which is really more of a vocation in some in a lot of ways. And, and if you if you follow that path, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're staying at the same organization for your entire career. And and it shouldn't because there's there's um, a lot of reasons uh, for um, we should be moving around. And I want to speak to that. Um, but I think that from a positive perspective, having that incredible opportunity, you have this position that comes up that affords you something different, whether whether it's a lateral move or some kind of upward mobility, or you have a life circumstance that that you're you're needing to change uh, get a change of scenery. Um, those are that's all really good and and should be explored. There are some other aspects that we don't talk about, which um, that I want to, I also want to touch on. I think one of them is when we get jaded and we've all been there where you've, you get in this rut and we're seen as the, the function that's independent and objective. And when you get to a point where that objectivity is seeing a slow death, that's when it's time to, to think about whether you need to step away and move on to the, to the next opportunity. Another one is boredom. And I, I've talked to so many SECOs that have been in this space, myself included. It could be that you stood up a program or you survived a crisis and then you're like, okay, now what? You know, you've spent the last three years in this frenzy of activity and you've, you've built up this program and you're almost like a stress junkie. That's where, that's where you, you get your fulfillment and excitement. And when everything levels out and it's calm, um, some folks just don't like that. They want to, want to keep that excitement. And so if you get bored, you know, perhaps it's, it's to think about, you know, is it time to move on? Uh, another thing that I've seen that, that can be problematic is when someone retires and stays. Where, and what I mean by that is they're on the, the latter part of their career and they just kind of hit that slope and they're on autopilot. And um, that, can, that can kill a program. And um, most organizations, most individuals that are, in, that are in that headspace don't even think about how that, could, that can impact the rest of their ethics and compliance program and their team. Um, but I've seen programs that have just been destroyed by, by folks that just were, were ready to hang up their hat, but, but didn't physically leave. And so the program just kind of died on the vine. Um, another big one that is the big unspoken one is the support's just not there. You know, the board and the senior management, they're not willing to invest in your program or they're not supporting you in a crisis. And um, when you're in that situation, I think that definitely requires some, some thought as to whether it's time to move on because at the end of the day, if you don't have that support, it, you're very limited on the effectiveness of you and your program. Um, and then the last one I would say is, you know, we joke about what hill are you going to die on? Um, 
in the ethics and compliance space. And we don't talk about it. We can't talk about it because of the disclosure agreements that we sign. But you know compliance friends and maybe even your, you know, you, you have, you, some of the listeners may have even um, experienced it themselves who've been in this situation. And um, when you come down on the wrong side of the political fence, um, sometimes it, it, can, it can impact your career at your current organization. Um, so I think, I think those are the, the six, six areas that are top of mind where if you're in, that, in one of those spaces, I think it's time to reflect on, on what, what's the next step in your career. Katie, what uh, might you suggest for someone who finds themselves literally in, in, in any one of these? Is it to pick up the phone and, and talk to another compliance professional? Is it to have a, a trusted advisor or perhaps even a mentor you could talk to? Is it uh, to reach out to one of the several compliance organizations uh, for help uh, or at least to pose questions to? How could you suggest someone uh, have a way to think through or at least work, perhaps even work through some of these issues if that comes up for them at work? Absolutely. That's, that's critical that you've got to get help. Um, so I highly recommend building an internal network of allies um, because as all the listeners know, the, the political sands will shift within an organization. So um, having, having a large network of allies um, that can step in and support you, um, especially if you're in a, a stressful situation or um, the deck is stacked against you. Um, because sometimes, you know, sitting in that SECO seat is very lonely and you have to make some hard decisions and not everyone is, is in favor of what you're saying or what, what you're doing. And so having those allies are important. Um, definitely having a confidant, whether it's another SECO, um, a mentor, or even a, a significant other that can that can you know be that sounding board, um, or a therapist. <laughs> I think there's there's definitely um, there's opportunity for it. you've got to be able to talk through this and whatever your situation is and and, and figure out what makes sense for you holistically. And when I, when I mean that, I'm, I'm talking about not only your professional life, but, but your personal, mental, physical health. Um, all of that is so important. This is, we have a very tough job and it can take a toll on us. And, and so you've, you've got to have someone that can help wade through the murkiness of the tough situation. Um, and, and on top of that, I think it's about managing um, your self-care through the process. Um, it's, it's usually the first thing to go, but it should be the most important thing is taking care of ourselves. Um, because if we're not mentally and physically strong, then we're not going to be able to handle whatever um, career stress we have. Um, and my other piece of advice is when you're looking for that next opportunity, look for the right one. Um, don't run from a situation, but run to an opportunity. Katie, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us in our fourth and final episode uh, next week. So I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. 
is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.